Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, I'm not going to welcome you back to the podcast today um, because really, who am I to welcome you when you know we are welcoming the guest? And the listeners. So, and the listeners. Listeners, welcome to the <laughs> Boiling Point podcast. Um, really exciting guest today. Before we get to that, Dave, why don't we really quickly talk about our Patreon. Um, after what, 152, 153 episodes? I think it's it's time for us to start uh, um, start start bringing our listeners into the experience of producing an even better podcast. So, uh, listeners can just go to Patreon.com and look up the Bowling Point podcast. And if you like what we're doing, we really really appreciate your help and support. I and think nothing, nothing else to say. No, well, what what is cool <laughs> is is that's connected to the to Patreon is um you know there's a way for people to participate and to support this um you know if you're listening and you're enjoying it it could be as little as a dollar a month or you know a one-time donation um but we you know it just helps us keep this thing rolling and we got some we got some really kind of exciting things coming down the pipe and it's built like if you think back it's built a lot more momentum I mean, even just and I know we're not supposed to talk about it but but just the progression of wh- how we've recorded these yeah yeah um the guests we've got lineup of guests um we've got cheat sheets now for every time we get on but like we guests. actually have people volunteers working working around the clock you know connecting us with amazing guests uh getting their bios uh done and uh you know got, engineering and uploading and we got pr companies contacting us could we interview their their clients and you know what i mean authors and i mean so this has been exciting it's turned into a little business but it, it, without any real revenue <laughs> No, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, to, to date, you and I have done this as a really cool project. Yeah. And I think it's time. And also, if, if you're listening to this and you're looking for an interesting way to be a sponsor for something, we've got such a wide uh, audience base of entrepreneurs and people who are interested in business. Um, you might want to be a flagship sponsor. So send us a note, of course, and uh, and we'd love to bring you in as a partner. Um, also... The incredible guest that we have coming on, um, we just called him, and unfortunately, he was um, actually uh, in in the middle of fixing a massive pipe burst in uh, Caloyala, Panama, which is is this incredible little sustainable community built from scratch in the middle of the jungle. Dave, that's the same community that I was at at the Hatch Experience a few months ago, and you know, once these these pipes break the community doesn't get water. So he was in the middle of fixing that uh, that pipe when we called him about five minutes ago. And he's going to call us in and like, I don't know, hopefully in a few seconds. But um, it might be a cool opportunity for me to explain to you a little bit more yeah. why I was there. Well, you're and you're and it's so hard to keep up to you. So a couple episodes ago, we, I welcomed you back from the Arctic. And now we're at a, a you know in a different part of the world altogether. Panama, Panama. Um, tell us 
what brought you there and and, you, and these things roll off your tongue right like hatch and this and that but I mean for a listener they're, they're not they, they need some context I'm, I'm, I'm using too much lingo Dave so uh, quite some time ago about a year and a half ago I was speaking about using film for positive social change at a conference called Sustainable Brands and at that conference I uh, the fellow who happened to be in my workshop came up to me and his name is Yaro Craner in fact he will be our guest next week uh, and he came up to me and was like Greg, I love what we have to talk about. Um, any chance you want to come into the jungle of Panama and meet a whole bunch of other people that are just as radical as you and see uh, different ways that we can make the world a better place. And what did I say? Uh, rock and roll. I said epic. epic. I was like, let's do Bring this. Bring it on. So I fly into Panama City to go to this thing called Hatch. And you can check it out online, hatchexperience.com. And, uh, so, who, so who is with you at this Just stage? me. Just, just me. Just you on your own. Just me on my own. Okay. You know, and flying to Panama. No, I did. I did get my awesome uh, friend Zav Dubois to to sign up as well, and he was able to go as well. So he he met me in the jungle. But um, what it is is they collect people from all these different disciplines, from astronauts, scientists, artists, filmmakers, entrepreneurs, to get together for four or five days in a place um, and just discuss. Uh, problems that are going on in the world how do we solve them from different disciplines and it's a real design thinking approach and where we did it was in this really cool little community called Kaliala which is a brand new town that's been being built just over the last couple of years by our guest coming up Jimmy Stice who actually wanted to create the world's first completely sustainable town so we land in this place. It takes like 2 hours driving through crazy roads to get to this place and it's when I say crazy roads it's crazy roads. And I, I arrive at night and there's all these tiki torches. It felt like I was on, you know, Lost or on Survivor or or the, or the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio, you know. Uh, you walk in, all these people are having dinner with, by uh, by tiki light with organic food that was, that was grown right there on site. And the next morning I woke up from my tent because we're all in tents. Uh, and I recognized the paradise that I was in. I was overlooking these incredible valleys and mountains and hearing these animals. Anyway, we spent three, four days together just solving social problems together. That and a lot of them actually turned into real projects on the outside. You know, so it was it was really rad. One last thing. When we were there, Vice, you know, Viceland. Yeah. Um, Viceland was there filming for a whole year because how this community is being built is through students, students and interns who are coming to learn about things like permaculture or things about sustainable de uh, sustainable development uh, or different ways of educating. Every little component of a real society is there. But if you're starting it from scratch and you need to feed people, you need to make sure people have housing, clean water, these are all great learning elements. So. If you're a young person out of high school or in college and you want to take a half a year off and have an amazing real-life learning experience, you pay a relatively small tuition and you live there and you work building this town. So so are there so there are, are there like citizens of the town or are they more It will be getting to that point and I ho I'm hoping Jimmy can, is going to call in cuz sadly we're running out of time here um, to explain a little bit more. It will be an incorporated town. So the whole thing's a big social experiment which is the really radical thing about it. And Vice produced a TV series about it, and it's called Jungle Town. And you can check it out on YouTube. Really? And it is wild. Going from the... And it's controversial. It's messy. It's filled with drama. But it, it also... It, so it, what's Jimmy's role in all this? 
Well, Jimmy, as uh, he will also tell us whenever he gets done fixing that pipe, um, Jimmy's an entrepreneur. He, him and his partners had uh, some investment money to, to buy some property in Panama to develop. Just straight up development of, you know, I don't know, garden homes or I've got no idea. He's, he's going to build maybe a golf course. I've got no idea. But the piece of property that they bought was so far out. Uh, this is kind of the story that I got that just the cost of getting this this development developed just to get a road to it was very uh, prohibitive of, of doing it. And then uh, this part I really want to ask him is when did he switch over to this this mindset of well, why don't we build a town anyway, but build it from the resources that are right there and build it in a way that's so disconnected that we don't need a paved road. Do it in a way that you know all the food and all the resources that they need are right at their fingertips. And like I say, it's been an incredible social experiment. And uh, I'm, I'm curious. Oh, look, he, he looks like he just emailed. Um, this, this is going to be a really funny episode to listen to, actually, because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just I'm pretty much doing uh, Jimmy's interview. Yeah. For yeah, him. yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and is Jimmy is Jimmy American? Canadian? Yeah, he's American cat. Let's see here. <laughs> Greg, my last communication with Kim says we're on July 26th. <laughs> And today is not that day. What's the date today? Well, it doesn't matter because the, it, because when this is released, five days. Yeah, but you know, I think we should release this episode anyway because there's a lot of context here, right? Well, it'll, it'll be perfect um, bridge into the real interview with Jimmy because now I'm like it's a cliffhanger, right? Like now I want to know um, more about it. And actually, you know, I got a question for you, Greg. Yeah, man. In the last. 24 months, okay, two years. Yep. If you could quickly summarize for the listeners all the places you have been. For how many years? <laughs> months, 24 months, months two, <laughs> two years. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. So I remember telling my team and my family that I wasn't going to travel much this year. Um, and this was in, in the summer. We're talking 2016. August 2016. Okay. And then September came. I think September was relatively normal, like a couple trips to Toronto or whatever. Then um, October happened, and I went to Philadelphia for the B Corp Champions Retreat. And it was epic, of course. It was wonderful. Epic. And then I uh, came home for a few days, and guess where I went the week after? Right back to Philadelphia again, to the exact same hotel uh, for another conference, the Social Venture Network Conference, which is where I met Corey Blake. And I met many other amazing people there as well. I really got introduced into a community that I'm really. So we're Philly now. Where else? Yeah, have Philly, been? so Philly twice. This isn't the last. This is even the last. This is, this is the last ten months. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So not we're not not two years. So Philly twice. Yeah. Then um, um, then I did a trip to Boston and New York. This is before Christmas. Yeah. After Christmas, like first of January, I was in. Um, uh, Chicago yeah. uh, for four or five days. Back to New York where yeah. we threw an event. My friend Zav Dubois from from Evokes Television and Marketplace um, and I and um, my friend Julie from B Storytelling and other social venture network and B Corps threw a really cool event at um, at this amazing carriage house that Johnny Depp uh, and Kate Moss yeah, used to tell live me in. about that. Yeah. Super cool little spot. Um, and then after that little trip, came home for a week or two went to Panama to Kaliala to who we're talking about here. And Kaliala, by the way, K L K A L U 
and then that's the first word, and then Y A L A. Capital Y A L A. And again, if you go to YouTube and type in Jungle Town, uh, produced by Viceland, you will. Re- Actually, this is really good that listeners are hearing this first before Jimmy's episode comes on. Yeah. Because okay. if they can watch some episodes first, that's going to be really helpful. So after Panama, um, got invited to the CTA 48 Hours in the Hub back in Boston. And then right after that, we ended up heading down, back down to New York for uh, another social venture network in Harlem uh, experience. Where did I go after that, Dave? I think I went to the uh, I, Vancouver. I have, I have no idea. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, this is, really, this is really insane. So then I spent a week in Detroit at Sustainable Brands. And I came home for a night, went to Montreal to see Cigarettes with my wife for two days. And then right after that, headed to Whistler. Um, and then toured all the Arctic for two and a half weeks, landed in Ottawa, came home two nights ago. And there is 10 months of Greg Hemming's life uh, in five minutes. Um, and it's great because Don is our new engineer, brand new. Welcome, Don, to the, uh, the Boiling Point engineering role. And uh, we're, we're so <laughs> high-tech you, here. Don. We're Thank very you. high-tech. He's actually slipping notes underneath the door. And his question is, did they build a corporate town? Is this an early version of a corporate country? Well, I think that's a that's a great question for us to ask Jimmy. The answer is yes. Jimmy is the CEO of Kalyala, not the mayor, the CEO. It is a business. I really sounded like I answered a question there. Uh, <laughs> you did. <laughs> that was good. Thank you for that question, Don. That was wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, it's. Uh, I, I think my learnings this year, Dave, in traveling so much is there's a lot of amazing people who are gathering communities who are doing incredible things that are so inspiring. And maybe that's what gives me energy. Mm. You have you have a wanderer spirit, man. I've got a wanderer spirit, but those wanderer shoes need to be uh, put out the door for a bit. Wow, good uh, luck with that. Yeah. So so the next question is, uh, what are are you, like, what is the highest kind of membership you can have in Aeroplan? And are you that member? I'm not, but I, I do. Is it like a super I, elite? I, is it what it's I'm called? I'm super elite 35K, which gets me into the Maple Leaf Lounge. But, you know. That's uh, it? Uh, that's it, man. Man, with all the flying. Well, you yeah, but if, flying if, if, you go che- if, you go, if you go for the cheap tickets, you only get like partial oh, points. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know. Because um, I'm just thinking, man. And, um, okay. Anyway, so, well, we're, we're going to get Jimmy next time. Uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully that pipe is fixed. We heard his brother, Matt, very briefly. You're emailing him. And I think what do we want to end on, I guess, the biggest learning around um, all your travels and, and all the wandering is, and, and so if you think about all the different cultures you've been exposed to, right, um, you're, you're, and you're, but you're, it sounds to me like you're, you're meeting like-minded people even though you're going to very d- different parts of the world. Oh yeah, like, like even in the Arctic last week. Yeah. Up in Iqaluit, for example, um, like there's so many young people who are, who are like I met this band called the Jerry Cans, and they're they're a little bit of a Celtic country, but they sing they they, they sing only in Nuktitut, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And they're it's just like it's almost like I was having a conversation with with a band from St. John, saying we love where we're from. Like the North is where we were born and we love our language. We're going to preserve it. Yeah. Despite all the hardships up here, this is home. You know, like it doesn't matter where you go. You're going to find those community change makers who are sick of the status quo and are going to fight and defend what, uh, you know, what is uh, meaningful to them. So I think that's a really cool empathetic bridge to build is 
you know, we think we might be different in our struggles and our challenges in our community. Um, we Or we might think our community is the best, the best restaurants, the best art scene, et cetera, et cetera. But my gosh, we've got a really amazing, robust country with so many interesting things going on in it. Yeah. Well, world. I mean, you're not, you're, you're going outside the country. Yeah, that's yeah, right. But the North, um, have being from the North. That's growing, right. Growing you up, are from the North. Growing up in, in the Yukon Territory, my parents still live there. Uh, having been to the Arctic um, on many occasions, I can say that um, it's a it's it's a beautiful part of the world that is it's kind of like the last frontier, right? You know what I mean? Like not a lot of people. Like if you think of it the mass of people yeah. uh, that go and 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 will travel to all these parts of the world, not a lot of people really like relative to how uh, you know the opportunity and the mass of people that are on the on the planet Earth go go north. And I, I always think it's a missed opportunity. Like I promote the Yukon as an example, even the southern Yukon, which is north compared to the rest of the world, you yeah. know, and even Canada. Um, it, it, you know, it's just it's magical. And, uh, and, like and, and the, the midnight sun, the land of the midnight, midnight sun. sun. And, and I was up north what, four days ago, and the sun, the ball of the sun was never way up down. in the sky all night. And yeah. it's funny looking out the window. I woke up like three in the morning. And just all these kids out playing their bikes and yeah. chasing each other around. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no, nothing telling your body that it's, it's time, time to go to bed. Totally. And an interesting kind of final discussion is we, uh, it, this is very much a social impact tour that we were on, really understanding the problems and challenges and opportunities of the North. Um, and like, for example, we, we visited mines, uh, you know, looking at economic development opportunities and how, um, also how the land claims with the Inuit people have actually been able to bring a certain level of economic development. Um, and self-government. To, and, and self-government, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. But also we heard loud and clear the uh, the disastrous impacts of colonization or our version of European colonization on the Inuit people and how they were collected as a nomadic uh, people, collected in little communities as flagpoles, essentially, telling the rest of the world, no, we have Canadians living in this community at the top of the Arctic. That is Canadian territory. That mass collection of a nomadic people and forcing them into a European structure uh, and then really dealing with the residential schools, with putting kids to that trauma, it is such recent history. We're talking the last residential school shut down in the mid-90s, right? Recent history and the negative impacts are, are, are so felt there right now. And we're talking about suicide up there. The highest suicide rates in the world are up there right now. And one elder was telling me that the concept of suicide did not exist before um, before the, the colonization. Be, well, not only colonization, but before pu- putting these people in the 1950s, as early as that, um, or as late as that, sorry, into communities and you know forcing the southern way of life on these people, and the residential schools and all the abuse that happened there is the impact is felt incredibly today. Just sadly, abuse encourages more abuse through the generations, you know, and there's a big mess that, that has happened as a result. So that was very clear. And anyway, it, it ties back to the midnight sun is we're at a men's shelter, um, homeless shelter talking about why is that we see so many kids in the middle of the night, like playing with no guardians or whatever, you know, what, why are they up that late? And the answer is this, the small, they're all small homes up there. It's so crazy expensive to, to buy a tiny, tiny kind of regular looking residence, it's half a million dollars. Nobody, you and I couldn't go up there and buy a house. You know, like it's, it's crazy. Think about those people. So 
these homes are filled with people, 15, sometimes 18, 20 people in one house with one bathroom. So it's so overcrowded. That also adds to suicide, depression, a whole bunch of other things. They've got a housing crisis up there, which is interesting. But the kids are out playing in the middle of the night because there's only so many beds. They take turns throughout the 24-hour period sleeping. So it's it's just eye-opening that that's in our country. Yeah. So I'll I'll be I'll be sharing more of that as time goes on because I I did shoot a little film that I can't wait to share. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From Panama to the Arctic. Interesting thing. We think ourselves as Canadians, and we are such a good symbol of human rights in so many different ways. But my goodness, we can't claim that until we fix the the issues that uh, that our first peoples have in in the in the, the nations across this country. You should. We should at some point. Um if he's interested, bring my father on. He was, um, he he's was a lawyer now, a judge up north, and he handled at one point, I think, the largest settlement ever for First Nations uh, residential school uh, uh, survivors. Wow! In uh, a class action. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, uh, there's a really interesting story I heard him tell once about uh, being late for uh, a meeting he had with them, and he he was apologetic, and these people had never heard a white man apologize to them; they were shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but these are things you would never understand that until, like, you got I, I, I even just say it out loud, and I can't believe that. that. So you're right. There's just so much healing that needs to happen. So much healing. I'll, I'll leave him one last note, somber note. Uh, and I love how this episode has gone. It's pretty cool. Um, one of the things that I found out about last time I was in the Arctic, which was about eight years ago, was the mass killing of sled dogs across all Inuit communities across uh, the Arctic by the RCMP. So the RCMP were given a directive by somebody uh, under the pretense of a dog overpopulation and health concerns to shoot any dog that was not on a leash. Now these dogs, these these sled dogs are incredibly loyal, crazy smart. Um, they are They are the means for Inuit hunters to get their food. And typically they're not, they weren't with leashes because they didn't need to be. They sat around their hut. So the RCMP came over a period of about a month and killed like the majority population of sled dogs across the Arctic. This is in the 1960s. And this one elder tells me, um, I lost my my three lead dogs. So lead dogs are the really smart ones. If, If you're a follower dog, there's a good chance you'll never be a lead dog. And it essentially demobilized all the hunting all of the Inuit people. And the old man said it was 1960, which is quite some time ago now, and it's 2017 today, and we still have not received an apology. Hmm. And this is a documented fact. This happened. Hmm. This is not a yeah, yeah. a conspiracy. Um, soon after the, sl- the the slaying of those dogs, the snowmobile was introduced into the northern stores. That's a conspiracy. <laughs> but a movie could be made out of that. Yeah. Anyway, as you could tell, I learned a lot. You did. And, and none of it's BS either. It's like I'm not coming back all jazzed up because of yet this it's, next it's, thing it's I want to fight for. It's just no, it's, like it's, this is real people. It sounds who, like an education. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, um, on a lighter note, and, though, and by the way, as I want to learn more about your experience um, uh, with, you know, and I have some knowledge and, and uh, some friends that that's, that's families have suffered from what you're, you know, what you're describing and learned. Um, but on a lighter note, um, one of the first trophies that I ever received was at Rendezvous in Whitehorse, Yukon, for the one dog pull. 
<laughs> when I, and I have picture in the Yukon News with my trophy. And, and the reality was I was able just to hang on to that sled while that dog ran down the Yukon River and, and threw. And it wasn't a husky. It was a black lab. But threw and just kept going. They, no. They had to chase down. They're like, let go, Dave. Let, let go. go. So it was all hands. Like you just had to hold on. I had to hang on to the dog sled because it was – and, and this, this – Anyways, so it's this is this wonderful story, and and I I have some uh, friends that, that that actually are, are mushers, and uh, I wouldn't say friends, but but people I grew up with and acquaintances. So it's a uh, it's yeah. Can you get and, a picture of that? I would love to see that. Oh, I'm sure it would not be hard to get. I could get my mom to to dig in to these pictures, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then and the other thing we learned when you were young is is you you never went over and pet um, sled dogs because um, they you know they they're you know they're working dogs, and uh, and and actually, in fact, you were you know be careful right. because you know the, the bad things can happen. You know, well, yeah, they are they are they're, trained to do one thing. They're tough. They are tough, tough dog. And I I do have a documentary, uh, twenty minutes about my trip to the north. Cool. Where do we get? Uh, where do we see it? It's actually done because I I only had one day to edit it uh, and I already presented it, but. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my my personal uh, website because I'm gonna let people who sign up to it be the first to see it when it's when it's actually cleaned up. And how do they they heard that last episode? GregHemmings.me www.greghemmings.me sign up and I promise to only email you value. That's it. Bam bam. Okay, so we'll see you next week and we're gonna talk to Yarrow, who was the founder is the founder of Hatch Experience, which took us to Panama. So Love we, it. We can talk a little bit more about that. All right, man. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the update. Hey, I'm I'm really glad Jimmy uh, got the wrong date now, so you know I get to talk. GM. Yeah, That's nice. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out LeadershipUnleashed.ca or VisionCoachingInc.com. And on Twitter, at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.